Welcome, family, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Indigiru podcast. Uh, today, for our Mindful Living series, we are welcoming Mama Kenny Moon. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Mama Jackie Phoenix Soul Rising. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, all the names. I'm all like, my it, goodness. Yes. <laughs> so, I would like for you to introduce yourself to the people, tell us about who you are, uh, the work that you do before we delve into our mindful healing session. Sure. All right. I'm, um, well, my name is Kenyatta. Um, everyone is uh, calling me Kenny Moon these days, and that is the name I use for the work that I do. Um, I am a holistic uh, living practitioner and coach. I am also a, a yoga and movement guide, a meditation and mindfulness healer, as well as a Reiki and energy healer. I have a, a practice as well called Chama, which I'm so proud of and is just so near and dear to my heart. And Chama is my women's practice. That's the work that I do only for my sisters and with my sisters. And that work deals with um, the creative expression of the feminine soul, I like to say. It is power work. It is us harnessing our inner wisdom, our inner guidance, our inner power, and our, and our feminine nature to be who we are meant to be on this planet and reconnect with what that is. And um, and I love it. I absolutely love yeah. it. I'm a mom, of course, of two beautiful daughters who are mm -hmm. 14 and 12, who are my full-time and first-time jobs, you know? Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and what else do I do? I'm an educator. That's how we met mm -hmm. in Saroma, the school that I founded uh, some years ago in Saroma Academy. And I continue that work in, in many different ways and love it immensely. <laughs> awesome. So thank you for sharing all of those things. Thank you. Um, this particular podcast is the first of its kind intentionally about mindful healing. But as you mentioned, you work with um, healing in so many different facets. And so when I was thinking about just bringing this conversation to, I mean, my demographic is mostly women. It's not all women, but it is primarily women and um, mothers. They're holding down their households, whether they have children or not, um, but also people dealing with a lot of um, heavy work and issues. And so I wanted to make sure that we highlighted just what it is like to go through or even begin the healing process in a mindful manner. And so off top, I want to ask you, like, can you recall the time in your life where you intentionally began um, pursuing the healing path in a mindful manner? And, and when was that? Hmm. That's a great question. I think the first time I can say that it was intentional, I was living in Germany at the time. It was around 1998. And it was the first time I saw a yoga class that I had time to take. <laughs> um, and I just, I had been wanting to get into yoga for quite some time. I didn't quite know why. But it was something that always appealed to me. I had um, practiced dance and some other movement arts uh, in high school. And I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that. So I knew there was something more than just movement there. So I got an opportunity. I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry about my phone. Um, I got the opportunity to take my first yoga class there and it was everything. It was, it was totally transformative in just one class. And wow. I knew it was something that was for me and that I needed to pursue and practice as a part of my life. That was, um, that was the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so as you, you're talking about this transformative moment, was it something um, physical, emotional, or even spiritual? And as you've continued on your path, what are some of those other highlighted um, moments? Because, I mean, I, I like to call them speed bumps, yeah. where we have these disruptions, these sometimes gentle, sometimes not so gentle disruptions in our life that causes us to like uh, re-engage and reactivate maybe something we've come across in the past, past, but haven't kept moving forward. So as you've experienced speed bumps, um, what part of that initial activation has continued to grow and activate along the way? Ooh, so to the first question, the type of transformation that I experienced was all three and probably okay. and, and energetic as well. So I definitely felt my body I felt into my body in a different way, especially the holding. The holding in yoga is the thing. That's what gets like even the strongest men, you know, that we practice with mm -hmm. to be like, oh, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> but there's so much magic in that holding because we're used to being able to depart from things that are painful. Mm. And from the fight, flight, or fear reflex um, complex, I'm definitely a fleer. So I'm used to leaving when there's- Same. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So, um, so that comes up on the mat and it definitely came up there when I was holding postures, holding asanas that were just difficult at the time, or, you know, it was like, when does this one, when do we move on? And so there, there's just immediate breakthrough on the mental and emotional level because of that. Then the, from the energetic and spiritual level, there's something that's much more subtle about yoga and these other healing arts that we practice that you don't necessarily know right away, but you start to feel into it. You feel the expansion of yourself and a way that you're starting to connect with things that are not seen or, or felt or you know perceived mm -hmm. tangibly that, that continues to unfold over days. And I just remember there being this shift and there was something that it was like, there was an unlocking. Now, in terms of the, the bumps <laughs> along the way, and I have had some, <laughs> a few, you know, but I would even take it to one of the greatest moments of my life. And, and that was the birth of my uh, first child. And then subsequently, you know, a few years later, my second, but I go to the first one because I used things that I had learned to that point, whether it was yoga, mindfulness, meditation, mantras, sound toning, all kinds of things were infused into my practice of birthing, which I know you can truly relate mm -hmm. to in Absolutely. your work. <laughs> and the birth, I went from a person who had real fears around birthing a child. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that's common in your practice, if you ever come across women who are like, it's going to hurt and I don't want to do that. Like, I just don't want to. But at the same time I was living, I had transformed and transitioned rather into a holistic lifestyle where I was only eating healthy foods, no medications. And so I didn't, I knew I couldn't do that. 
So I was able to go back to the practices that I had accumulated at that point and birth my daughters in a way that there was no pain, there was no medication, there was joy, you know, as the endorsements mm-hmm. were um, um, in, invoked. And it was such a wonderful experience. And that was, for me, again, a great shifting moment as childbirth is. But it also was a moment where I got to really, really know for sure what these practices had done for me up until that point, up until that point and what they were still going to do for me. So for every other bump that I've experienced, <laughs> um, I, I do want to say that there is not, for me at least, I can't pretend that I'm just walking around mindfully all the time and that the bumps come and I'm like, aha, you know, oh, let me Matrix style. <laughs> no, in fact, before you, I was just finishing a call where there were um, multiple fucks flown around because that's just how, you know, we have to get down sometimes, like, you know, and so part of my practice and part of what I've learned is that is there, there's a power in release mm-hmm. and that release has to show up how it shows up authentically for you. Yeah. It shows up how it does for me. I love to cuss. It's part of my birthright. I like to, um, listen, I learned from I the like, best, honey. Me too. <laughs> my grandfather was a Marine. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't a Marine, but he cussed like a sailor. Mm-hmm. And we all heard it growing up. And I think that gave us some some brass that I'm proud of, right? Yeah. I think, I think even in my practices, I tell usually clients, I'm like, listen, don't come to me if you're sensitive because it's going to come out. But yeah, yeah I, um, I think that the release is important because the bumps do come and I'm not always on my on my square you know yeah. but but mindfulness teaches me and reminds me to get in my square because you know when we step out of our square that's where weakness shows up that's where mm-hmm. we are less um we're less centered and so the practices have helped with the bumps but yeah i have to sometimes just hit some things you know i'm, I'm into um contact fighting and things like that kickboxing so, is bang you hear me hey, listen. but you know what, you're bringing up an interesting point. And one of the reasons why this particular season I'm doing the podcast in this way is because honestly, mindfulness, as we are shown or taught kind of in the mainstream way on my journey, I found that it is far more nuanced and deeper. And so even when you're mentioning, okay, well, I like to cuss or I'm not always like on my square. I feel like there are squares that are presented as as long as you were expressing within this square, it's okay. Right. But some, like at the same time, in my authentic expression, in, in your authentic expression, in your individual moment, there are some things outside of that square that that need to be expressed or said or cultivated that don't necessarily fit this like mindfulness box. And so I began to discover that it's less about the monolith of mindfulness and more about like being present and aware in who you are. And so the expressions can just look so different. And so Mm -hmm. as I have folks coming on talking about different things, I love it because 
literally their expression of mindfulness, your expression of mindfulness, mine is going to maybe kind of cross in some areas, but it's still going to be just as unique as the individual. And so letting people know, because I have a lot of conversations, especially with um, expecting families, like if I don't fit inside that box, I'm not doing it right. Right, and right. so there's this self-judgment that comes into play. And yeah. so I find myself having these conversations and going, oh, not really. There's always going to be an element um, that's super unique to you that yeah. you're going to bring um, <clears throat> to your community, to your experiences. You don't need to shove that or uh, berate that or judge that to the point where you're like, oh, that shouldn't exist. If that exists, it's totally wrong because it's a part of what we bring to the variety of, of living as human beings. And so um, particularly, I wanted to ask you about, because even with the cussing, literally, cussing and kickboxing. <laughs> and, and it's, but they have such a negative connotation. Mm. Um, but I was talking to, I had a few clients actually that, um, have kind of lived in this space where speaking up or cussing or these things aren't like right or okay. So one of my recommendations was, um, which I, I learned around the time when we were crossing past the Enseroma, that that ride, that 15 minute ride between dropping the children off to school and me going to work was cuss it up time. Mm. I would be in my car saying everything and anything <laughs> that I didn't want to or should not say to someone's face. Mm -hmm. And the, the weight that was lifted off of me, the therapeutic effect that it had on me was just so immense. And people are like, you were what? I was like, I was in my car cussing, cussing mm -hmm. people out, honey, all the mm -hmm. way down to the ground, honey, saying all kinds of stuff. Now, right. I didn't say it to the person, but it was literally something I needed to do to get even with myself. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. And so I'm like, but there's so many people you wouldn't even know that stop themselves. Like they wouldn't even do that in the car by themselves. Mm -hmm, but it's mm -hmm. because of that, that self-judgment space mm -hmm. of no, 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 I, I, I can't do that. Where I'm like, okay, well, I'm not advocating for you to go cuss people out and just be out here reckless, but to have a moment with yourself, that's kind of like the first step in acknowledging certain things um, that can help you get through. And so when you, or when you have experienced um, some of those more charged moments where it's difficult to be on your square, especially, and I, you work with women, so I know that we, we have our particular um, societal expectations and framing. How did you, or how would you advise women to navigate dealing with the pain of a situation and also moving through? Because oftentimes pain can be paralyzing. So what, do you have some insight into um, some mm -hmm. practical ways that we can move through as we are feeling? Ooh, 
So first of all, I just want to acknowledge you for what you did for yourself because that was medicinal. That was medicinal cussing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love it. Um, you and and because you're a professional singer, I don't know if your audience knows about you and your voice. Oh, it was I, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna dig up everything I know about you probably by the time this is over, but your voice is is extraordinary and I've heard you, I've seen you on stage, I've seen you live, and I've seen you post that time because you know that time was very significant because you and I you know had some parallel experiences in terms of what could be considered um, heartbreak or pain or you know we just you know we we, it's very interesting you and I you know with our daughters and our things and stuff but um, oh my god yes I wasn't right yeah we got a lot of parallels we got a lot a lot of parallels (laughs) but I really um, just want to acknowledge you because you know that that aspect of your creativity and what you contribute to the world through your voice was very likely saved by you expressing and releasing what could have been blocked in that throat chakra. And I've worked with people who um, have had that same issue. I worked with a, a client over a year ago who had a very successful business and she wanted to take it to the next level internationally, but it required her to start doing these Zooms and to do public speaking and she had always wanted to but she recognized there was blockage mm-hmm. and we did work to help release that blockage and now she is like she is kicking so much ass and she's doing so well and she's such a leader in her field mm-hmm. um through her voice and through what she's sharing but what she realized was when she was going through her traumatic experiences she didn't have a voice she didn't allow herself to do what she could to release it so that is, to me, the first layer of our medicine as women, as men, as people, as humans, is to free up. And freeing up is a layered practice. It is a layered practice because there have been so many layers. Um, there are so many layers on us to keep us from our freedom. And I'm not just talking about the ones we're aware of, like you talked about societal norms, especially the ones that affect women. Mm -hmm. But we're also talking about generational layers. We're talking about layers as um, an an, uh, outcome of systemic oppression. We're talking about layers that deal with all that that pours into who we are and that we've received through our DNA, through our bloodline, energetically that we're receiving consistently in the place that we live we we live in a very oppressive environment and so to to get on the path of freeing up to get on the path of being well or healing through pain deals with starting to unlayer the layers that have been inflicted and put upon us and it it starts with and everything in my practice starts with movement or let's say the physical and that's you know why I've always called my practice or or identified it by the, the term holistic, mm-hmm. because it really is a mind body practice. It really is a mind body energy practice. It really is a mind body energy and spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. And the very first element that we always can go to is the physical. So I say body, but really we mean the physical, and that deals with anything with. Uh, like you talked about releasing through the voice, you know, clearing our chakras, doing actual physical movement, getting up when we when we feel like we can't. Um, so learning practices, sometimes you have to work with 
how to roll around on the floor so that you gain what you need to stand up. And I'm not talking figuratively. I've worked with people who have not been able to get up out of bed for days at a time. And how am I gonna come to them and tell them, let's sit and meditate, you know, in, in, um, in some type of seated half lotus yeah. when, when they literally have, you know, they're almost to a point of atrophy in certain areas of their bodies, you know? Yeah. So there, and, and the other thing about why we start on the physical realm or level is because the body is the truth teller. All the stories that we can see. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head. I am nodding because honestly, some of my most, um, you're talking about layers and I know I often talk about the spiral staircase and people are like, what are you talking about? Mm, yeah. And I'm like, we can constantly, like you, we'll never arrive, but we're always on this spiral going down. And it's like, if you're addressing an issue here and then you walk down the stairs, by the time you get back to that <laughs> point, you're now discovering a deeper level of maybe that same issue or you're getting closer to the root. And so healing and life is really like we're constantly walking down this this spiral staircase um but i had some amazing beautiful sessions with a somatic therapist mm, nice and one of the um exercises based upon me trying to get to the root and kind of digging into some like childhood and uh, ancestral whatever was literally balling up on the floor in a fetal position, mm -hmm. tight, 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 tight. And then like opening up and expanding and then bringing it back in and yes. oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> yes. I Cause body keeps score, but then there's also things um, in our DNA that were activated That's when right. we cross earth side that's right. That before we even had a level of awareness, that stuff was already sitting in our body. So there's mm -hmm. issues and 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 challenges that we've had since we were infants that yeah. we're just coming to discovery of as adults. And so feeling those centers open and unlock and, and getting clarity and really freedom because the people in our lineages, yourself, myself, we're unlocking you know, chains that didn't even belong to us. Absolutely, absolutely. And the freedom of like, woo, like feeling that stuff release, you're like, yes. <laughs> like this is a new feeling. This is a new kind of like, yes. a different kind of bop when you right. have certain chains. You're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so it's like, it's so amazing, but it's like understanding that. Mm -hmm. And understanding mm -hmm. that it's not like a checklist of, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I right. There is nothing to check off. Like if we could just really make that clear, there is nothing to check off and say, ah, that's done. Okay, moving right along. Okay, we went to therapy. We talked about this. I cried. I recognized that it was something mommy said to me at this point. And now here I am and I'm good. No, no, no. Because like you said, and I love that spiral staircase analogy, you're going to circle back around. There will be another trigger that will appear to be different, but take you right back to something that still needs more work. Mm -hmm. And it is a, to me, I consider that a blessing because we are so, when we start this, this work to heal ourselves and to, to um, 
engage hopefully with guides or healers in, in, and I use that plurally because I do think it takes usually more than one person to support our our transformation. Um, When we start to connect to that work, it is the, the message to the universe that we are open and we're ready and things start to show up for us to take us on that journey. Just like yeah. when we're being real, you know, stubborn and we're like, I'm not ready. I don't want to hear it. And we get smacked. We get that bump that you talked about. And I used to describe it as like, yeah, the universe likes to like tap me. And then it's like a little nudge. And then it might be a mush. I get mushed a lot. And then that one. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and fall down that flight of steps right now? So I can just let you know. What's In an ugly way. Your legs Yo. is flipping and up and you... You know, hair got caught in the in the rail and everything. Right. Really ugly. Right. Limping after like all kinds of stuff. And you know, enough is enough. Like that should be um a tagline. But it it, but it's not enough for certain personalities. So I'm listening and I'm going, How do we get yeah, I'm hard headed too. Whoa. And I Last year I had a moment and I was like, all right, it was just me and the most high. I was like, all right, what is it? And it was like these images and these um, scenarios that I really am still, I was just talking to somebody about it. I can trace it back to like being a teenager or being a a preteen and having this um, very stubborn, rebellious nature activated because Mm. of my environment yeah but it didn't stay reactive to just that environment it became a part of who I was and how I responded and engaged with people in certain scenarios depending on the trigger Mm -hmm. and so it was like these things were just coming up and being revealed where it's like you were so stubborn based upon you know that season but you carry that with you that you've you've had to have these speed bumps and these knockdowns and these these KOs because you didn't release it. It was a um, a protective measure, so to speak, but you didn't keep it at the protective measure. You now carried it past its due season. Mm-hmm. And how often do we carry um, defense mechanisms or um, cultural things we've been handed down by our families and, and communities that no longer serve us that get us mollywopped right. consistently because we won't let it go. And I see that show up most within Black women. I see that show up most within Black women, naturally so, because <laughs> there has been so much imprinted on us. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about societal norms, we're really talking about gender oppression. <laughs> we're really talking about misogyny. We're really talking about toxic masculinity. And then through that lens, the teaching of toxic femininity, right? And so, and we're talking about, you know, racism and we're talking about all kinds of things. We're talking about, I don't even know what the numbers are now in terms of sexual abuse on black girls or verbal abuse or physical abuse or being in homes where someone was abused and you were aware of it and you learned to live through it or you survived through it. Or told to be quiet. Or told to be quiet or, you know, the, the, just what it, what it meant to be a girl. (laughs) 
growing up and being told to be nice to people that didn't feel good to be around. But also, even when you're talking about that, I'm thinking about, and this is like insane, but based upon my experience and observations, it's almost like straight out of the womb, we're handed a basket that's bigger than we are mm. with stuff in it and told to hold that for everybody Absolutely. else. Hold it for everybody. And guess what? Your value is based on how well you hold that basket. Oh, girl, you are how, so strong. How good you doing it. Or even better, yeah, don't even look good doing it. Look, Ramshak, and let us talk about, you know, we can tell you're really struggling and, and maybe we'll just maybe add a little feather to that basket. <laughs> we don't give you a rock. We'll just give you a feather. Like, no, don't give me anything. Empty don't this. Don't take some shit out of the basket. Like, help me put this basket down. But like, so that's what we're learning. But you're right. We build things up to cope with seasons that were very, very difficult for us or traumatic yeah. for us. Your stubbornness was probably the best way you at that it age saved age, my life honey i'm so sure it so sure. saved my life and when you're talking about those boxes there is a reckoning um just mm. in my own experience and this is just still unfolding and healing but there were aspects of my personality that i needed to keep but then you're constantly berated that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong and then I, because I often work in extremes, then I just <laughs> let them all go. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to be that anymore at all. I'm holding, you telling me my boundaries are too strong? No boundaries. I'm going to trust everybody. I'm going to believe everything and na, 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 na. We'll see. And then the smacks and the chaos that come with that. And it was like having a meeting with myself, my my inner child and saying, you know, and that, that somatic therapy was very helpful because it's like, that warrior can be on guard. Mm-hmm. You can hold those boundaries and she can simultaneously feel safe. You don't need to be bullied or convinced that you should have none of these things. It needs to evolve into a healthy you know, perspective because letting go and not having any of those things gets you almost into far more trouble because now you're not dealing with somebody saying, oh, you cut people off too quick or you're not trusting enough or whatever the case may be. Now you're inviting a whole world of chaos into your your close environment and how saying no, I need to honor who I was created to be in an evolved manner. I'm not saying it's okay to, to be operating out of the spaces as it showed up as a young person but me being able to to have discernment and sound judgment and things like that those things aren't wrong that's right it's just the people that don't respect Mm -hmm. that don't want you to hold hold that that space absolutely not convenient oh you got boundaries now (laughs) who you think you are you got boundaries right uh yeah and (laughs) it, it was crazy because even when we're talking about um generationally and i Mm, girl, I had to check myself. Um, I don't know if this was in your house, but if your parents asked you to do something, there was an expectation that you would literally like hop to it and get it um, done like mm. in an instant. Mm-hmm. So uh, it may be about a year or so now, but I'm like, you know, guys, we do our chores on certain days, yada, yada, yada. Make sure you get this done. Make sure you get that done. Well, 
I'm used to when you see somebody cleaning, you just start cleaning. You start cleaning. Yeah, right, right. You <laughs> oh, we're all cleaning. The while somebody's cleaning, especially an adult. Yeah. So I gave the list. Everybody acknowledged it. Okay, okay, okay. And my oldest hops into the shower. <laughs> and Kiad, I'm not going to lie. There was a little fire that lit up, like the audacity. And so she had a shot about 10, 15 minutes and she liked them luxuriate. Right, of course, because our children luxuriate. Of course, of course. So I had a moment, but I don't know if it was like my energy. I don't know what it was. I was like, God, is that you? Because it was like, but is she wrong though? She Ooh. has mastered, and she has, filling her own cup, making sure that she's taken care of before she gets into the business of the day. That's right. And if you come in and you say something about it or you get snippy about it, why though? What are you actually teaching her? Or as she, or has she mastered something that you have yet to master and you feel some kind of way about it? Why don't you take your shower and drink your coffee first before you get into the day? Do everybody in the house a favor, why don't you? <laughs> Listen, but it was like a it was like a, a self-check. And I was like, oh, snap. And I was like, but as you're talking about breaking those generational patterns of like, you know, as a young girl, like, no, I said, do it, do it now, hop to it, jump how high. I was actually happy that there was space enough for her to not be living in that. Right. And then um, wholly aware of how to, okay, how do I say this? Like, there's space enough for the next generation to maybe not experience those things that we've experienced, but we're still learning and cultivating that space for ourselves as we have absolutely. freed them from that particular thing, if that makes sense. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So I was like, yeah. oh my, but when you're talking about women and how, how we're trained, I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Right, right. And I was so offended, like how dare she take a shower first before she get to clean. And then I'm like, that's what she's supposed to do. Like, all she's doing is taking care of herself. And it was like a foreign concept. Right. Isn't that something? The programming is deep. So deep. And because it's programming, of course, we're going to continue the scripts of the program mm -hmm. unknowingly until we figure it out or until something shows up to show us that what we're doing and show us an alternative. And I think it is so great that we of our generation have children who are our freedom leaders. Yeah. And I give so much thanks. And I even, you know, my parents weren't quite like yours. I, I'm a, I am a child of divorce. So by the time I was six, my parents weren't together. So we lived between homes. Mm -hmm. My father was very active and amazing. My mother was very active and amazing. And they had their human flaws. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, some of which I'm still like, oh, I got to work on that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they were amazing too. But um, so they were, they were, they were like a, a little bit different for their generation. They were kind of like, I mean, they were, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire and they were, you know, uh, David Bowie and they were, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. Montana and all of that. So it was just like, they were artists and academic, academic, you know, so it was mm -hmm. just like, 
they weren't quite so rigid and that was great. Um, and there were flaws in that for me, you know, um, in terms of how I could have been a little bit more disciplined and structured. Yeah. And, but um, thankfully they poured what they could into me so that I can pour what I can into my children. And my children are growing up better and freer than I did. And they definitely show me my daughters will even turn and, and ask me questions, especially that little one, the Sela, the Sela Dela thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know these people who were born on the same day. Um, <laughs> these Libras, yeah. These Libras. They will check um, you in a second, honey. Listen, who told subtly, us? subtly, like oh, that's the birth Libras. So, so right. So you're just gonna be um, hypocritical to your own message. Like they don't say those words, but that's what they're saying. Sayla yeah. checks me all the time in that way. Um, and, and and with a thing like what you talked about with your oldest, like they'll do something and I'll kind of, you know, how, how dare you? You know, mm-hmm. that's you respecting me and does that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it really not that? Is bad? it? Is it, <laughs> is it really? Have to be like, all right. Or is this like an ego control thing? And Absolutely. And that, and you know, mindfulness, and I know you've had someone, you know, come on and, and do, or you will someone about mindful parenting, but that again, how else can we get to the center of who we are as the higher level humans or spirits having this human experience or whatever you want to call it, than through our parenting, you know, yeah. where we have an opportunity where we could absolutely become oppressive ogres. I mean, you know, even the law allows it to some extent. Society expects it in a certain way, you know, because I know some of the the, the inner dia- dialogue or monologue is other voices that have, you know, some 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 weight and and have at some point made you feel like you weren't mothering well enough because mm-hmm. you're too loose and too easy and da, da, da. and you know it really takes a lot of introspective work, a lot of listening, a lot of being present yeah. with our children and ourselves in in a very honest way in order to see who we are showing up as mm-hmm. and who we really are and what our goals really are and then to realign and shift for that you know but yeah. our children are here to and if we do that within our our parenting i do believe it pours over into how we interact with everybody else in the world absolutely i i hold the perspective that parenting is a spiritual path um, I call you know parenting as a path because with each child, obviously my children are very spaced out. Um, but 17, 11, and six, and I can mark between those years of having each child the spiritual growth, the lessons, the revealing that has happened literally just by raising them and teaching them and cultivating them. There is no time that I am talking to them about anything that isn't a um, result of work Mm -hmm. that's been done or a reminder of work that still (laughs) needs to be done. And so it's like, you can, to me, you can't parent without having um, your soul revealed to you. Now you can choose to ignore it if you want to. People do it every day, but you're still accountable for the information. I'm homeschooling, like home homeschooling, Mm -hmm. the six-year-old. The other two, my girls are uh, virtual schooling. And like you said, 
I'm starting, like, I'm getting these narratives in my head. And then I'm like, wait a second. What? Is that actually important? Why am I telling him this? Or, Mm. you know, um, thinking about what is learning? What is education? And I am the more, you know, artsy fartsy parent. I am very immersive. But as he begins to communicate what he's learning, I'm over here like, we didn't do six worksheets today and I know better. But some days and with this pandemic and homeschool reviews and all that, but like, oh, well, we went over the life cycle of a seed and we learned about the history of jazz and we skated and got some physical education in and we planted and, and then it's like, man, but it's a consistent um, reckoning. Like you consistently have to vibrate and get back to this like, okay space where it's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. No, I'm doing, you know? And then as a mother, it's like, well, am I supposed to just be barefoot and cooking every, like all day to be a good mother? And it's all of these things, um, even doing this and saying, okay, well, guys, I'm recording this podcast. I need you to da 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 like creating um, boundaries and, and understanding what does business look like and, and what does honoring space for each other as we all do the things. And right. it's those things are spiritual lessons. Those are uprooting things where it's like, no, we all have to learn something here. But as parents, we like to, well, we're taught like, I'm the adult. Da, 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 da. Like we haven't arrived. We've not at all arrived. So even when you're talking about mindfulness, mindful parenting is not to me. It's not separate from any of the issues that we're talking about. That's right. That's right. Because when you're talking about healing and we're talking about how we we've made it over these these speed bumps and what we've had to implement. As I go over those speed bumps, I'm sharing mm-hmm. with my children how I got over that speed bump. And it may not be details about the speed bump, but as I'm healing, I am parenting through the healing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how else would we want to, to interact with the people that we love the most on the planet and that we are spiritually responsible for? You know, I, my belief is that we are actually only responsible for a very few number of people. First, ourselves, mm-hmm. those that we birth and those who birthed us. Yeah. I, that is my belief. That is a, a, to me, a spiritual contract that we come here through. Um, and, and it's an agreement that we all take in. And that's why you see, you know, in all indigenous lineages, all of them, there is the the same idea through different mandalas through different ways of expressing that you as as an individual are working to take yourself into ascension in your own humanity to align yourself so that you are living in an upright way because yeah. you have those that you have to pour into which are your children mm-hmm. and you have to constantly support and uplift your your the people who brought you here mm-hmm. even into the ancestral realm which again we see throughout all of the indigenous spiritual traditions so that is something that to me when you see something repeated throughout all practices there must be some truth there 
Yeah. And to me, that's how we must live. So when we, as women and as men, decide that we are going to do work to be well and to heal ourselves and to confront what there is to confront all the boogeymen, all the goblins and things under the bed and the things that go bump in the night in the closets. When we're willing to go on that journey, we are immediately starting to, I believe, pay into our karmic contract because we're going to be better people and we're going to pour into the children. Forget about, I'm doing this so I can be a healer and heal the masses, or I'm doing this so I can be a great leader and lead the you know millions. Okay, maybe that will be an outcome. Maybe, that'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. However, and we've seen this throughout history just in a, in a very pragmatic way, when people jump the gun, and go into that leadership role, but they're not taking care of home and they're not taking care of self. And we see the children of said leaders and how they are, you know, they're torn apart. They're not well because they weren't poured into because the people who jumped into leadership roles or roles as healers or whatever are not doing the work within themselves. Yeah. I remember a, um, a woman, um, she and I are friends, but I was, she was, receiving some work from me and I was sharing with her just some of the the challenge I had had at the time about you know I work with children and I work with women and I don't know how to sometimes like make sure people know that I do both and all and then you know and I work with men now too and and some of the work that I do with women is so sensual in nature nature and so um so about attuning to our sexuality and our sensuality as a means of healing and as a way of embracing our power and our womanhood and our freedom and I was like oh some of the stuff we do if people think about me working with their children they might be like wait oh hold on is that what's she doing what's she doing over there and she was like um sis uh the work you do with women helps us be the mothers we need to be for the children that we're raising she was just talking about how it transformed her mothering because Mm -hmm. of how it's freeing her up and how it has Enable, enabled her to be freed up in herself, but also have, have greater space and capacity mm-hmm. to be the mother that she needs and wants to be. Capacity is the I word. Listen. Creating and having greater capacity can transform yeah. seven generations, honey. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and I love this and I love having this conversation because it's less about... Um, getting up on a soapbox and touting what we know and what we've experienced as much about just talking about these things, getting the information out so that whoever is listening, it could plant a seed in their mind and possibly impact their family because like I'm big on ripples. I feel like mm-hmm. you you toss a little stone out there and you never know where the ripple is going to go. I don't need to know where the ripple is going to go, but we have a ripple. The biggest stones, though, that are going to create these waves, that's what you're talking about with your children, with your parents, and just as much conversation that I'm having with my girls, I'm having with my mom, I'm even having with my dad. Like, as I've begun healing on a, like, I guess you could say I've gone down a couple spirals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not arrived at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, 
as I come across information that even pertains to them, I'm able to have uh, beautiful, sometimes uncomfortable um, conversations to allow them to, to be safe and open because yeah. honestly, we can, we can say this generation, this generation, this generation, but each generation must have done something to contribute to the fact that you and I can be in the spaces that we're in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it had to happen. Right. We're not like some unicorns that said, right. oh my God, there's a level of sacrifice and certain uh, generational curses that they have broken. That's right. That allowed us to be here and we're doing this work and that allows a, a, another level of generational curses to be broken with us because it's so deep and so entrenched. We don't want our, our children to deal with the same things, but they're going to have different things that they're charged mm -hmm. to be, you know, uh, the handlers of and the healers of. And right. so um, I appreciate that because that has been just an opportunity to really see my parents, like as human beings, like see yeah. them as spirit beings and be like, ooh, learning more about the journey every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's tremendous. But that's that concept of like healing backward and healing forward is just it's so it's so divine because when you're in it, you start to see like, oh, and there's some freedom and only being concerned about the ones you birthed and the ones that birth you. Every everyone else is an extra. Everyone else is, absolutely a, is that's right. And you find bonus. that it doesn't diminish your purpose on the planet. It doesn't you know, we're not telling anyone out there who know who knows that your job is to be a healer or to be a writer or to be a performer or whatever. We're not yeah. saying don't pursue what you're here to do yeah. as your vocation. That is absolutely important. The most, the first step is mm -hmm. the work and the and the most ongoing work. I mean, you yeah. know, the spiral staircase has no, you know, we don't see the end of it, right? Never. <laughs> right. So. It's, it's just saying that, I think what we're saying is that that work has to be a priority. We have to reprioritize how we work in the world and with those yeah. around us. We have to know that, yes, we're here to do work and be of service to those outside of our homes. However, the most important work, the first work, the most yeah. perpetual work is the work within ourselves. And then that feeds into the work that we do in our parenting and as our as the children of and it grows from there and when you talk about the opening um what that does for our parents oh my gosh and the healing like you can see i i'm sure you've actually been able to see energetically the layers coming off of your parents yep. when you're now able to communicate with them from where you are in your journey and also and stripping away judgment like absolutely right it's for me i've you know i was the the child you know at 18, you know, I thought I was grown. I'm over here with my four page letters, like, and another thing. Um, <laughs> and and very vocal about, you know, and even over through the years, not just then. And then there, there gets to be this moment. I don't know exactly when that moment is, but I've gotten to that moment where, well, maybe because my, my big girl is graduating and I'm like, well, wait a second. I've literally done the absolute best that I could have done with everything that I had. And so um, mm -hmm. obviously lacking perfection, 
I'm now like in a position of like, oh, I have a, I have a grown folk now. And so viewing what that might've been like from my parents' perspective to be, you know, judged about whatever it is they did or didn't do and kind of sitting back in this place of um, acceptance and understanding and learning more. Cause honestly, I'm learning so much more that I've not been in a position of judgment to hear more about their stories. Like in the nuances and the depths and the pains and the, <clears throat> I mean, literally brand new stories that I've never heard, but they absolutely make sense. And so it's like, I'm gaining even understanding of how and why my childhood went the way that it did, just simply from not being in a seated place of judgment. And so, um, having those conversations with my children now, like, listen, this is where we at. Like, I'm a, I'm a human. I love you dearly. I'll die for you. Um, but I'm absolutely just doing the best that I can with what I have. And one day you'll do the best with what you, you have, and that's okay. And it's beautiful. And there's like this connecting string with all of us, um, this gold cord that just goes through the generations. And it's just like, we're still dancing together. Like mm, it doesn't yeah. end, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like right. That's right. we're always dancing. Some children are growing taller or whatever and the string goes up on this end, but we're still, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're still like in it's it. And connective cord, that's right. We're never not gonna be whether you like it or not. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's beautiful. So as we wrap things up, is there any um, insight or gems that you want to leave on the, the ears mm. of the folks that will listen in before we close out? I think the thing that you said in, in what you were last expressing um, is so critical. And that is releasing judgment, releasing shame. It is time for us to let that go. It has no place or space in our present or future. And if I could encourage everyone who's listening to just think about that as a starting point, even if you are going through a process of that reckoning of thinking about, oh man, this is this is what I did, you know, you can talk about, you can have the inner conversations about what is so. It is so that, you know, I, I had my son when I was 18 and I wasn't really ready and I wasn't very happy about it. And it is so that for the first five years of his life, I wasn't the kindest to him. That is so. And you breathe that out and you say, you know what, I did the best that I could with where I was at that time because that's all of us. Yeah. And I would just encourage because I think that the holding of shame and guilt around certain things um, is its own weight and it does show up in the body and it shows up everywhere else and it will, it can do us in. So I would just encourage everyone to um, be willing to go into a practice of just accepting what is so and breathing through that and saying, and, and then going into a space of acceptance of you for wherever you were or 
even if that word was yesterday or before the, the moment Damn. before you started that practice, you're like, oh, I did that and I said that. We can't do anything about that except to do work within ourselves to move forward and to heal um, everyone that was involved, including ourselves, through letting go of the guilt and the shame and stepping forward into, okay, now let's let's mend some of those wounds. Um, and yeah, I think that's a great first step for all of us and an ongoing step whenever things show up. Oftentimes we get stuck in things thinking about what someone did because we have been enculturated into believing that there must be guilt set somewhere. That's a, a belief system and a practice system that is so far removed from indigenous cultural values. Mm. I what keeps us well. So we tend to put blame on the most obvious and somewhere in that, if we do enough research, we'll find out that that's because there's a part of us that we're also holding on to as a person to blame. Yeah. So just let go of it. Just let it go. Just work to let it go. Commit to it. And just watch uh, what that magic does for you. <laughs> no, I, that's real talk. Amen. Like, just the release alone. It doesn't mean that you've, um, doesn't mean that the wound has begun to heal. But like you said, that release is like getting some air on it. Get some air on it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and allowing those cells to begin to regenerate. That's um, right. And that's just amazing um, and helpful and useful in the long run for yeah. the whole entire world. Um, so where can people follow you, you and your work and your, your workshops and your classes? Can you tell the people? I can. If you are on Facebook, you can Follow me, um, Kenny Moon, K-E-N-Y-M-O-O-N on Facebook, on Instagram, Holistic Kenny, all one word. I have a website that is in development and should be ready for you to look at maybe by next week. And that is simply KennyMoon.com. I wanted awesome. to keep it simple. Yeah. So on that, there will be places you can click all over for any of the practices that you're involved, that you're interested in. And I'm here, I'm available and I'm I'm looking forward to being of service as I continue to be supported in my own journey. And um, I thank you so much for having me. Thank you for this opportunity and You're welcome. this conversation. This was, this was beautiful. And this, um, I think we need more. We need more of, of this because it's such a heart space. It is. Um, and it's an opportunity for, um, as humans and our spirits to really just to connect and to learn and to share in ways that um like we don't have our circles anymore i know you know i know, I know. so when you thing. when you think about like a tribe and a in a community in a village there's some point in a day that the elders the children the, you know everyone is is crossing one another in this circular space and we don't right. everything is nuclear nuclear or technological and all of that and but yeah, there's an energy eyes on each other. We're not, you know how the old folks say, baby, let me lay eyes on you. They like hold you on your shoulder and be like, let me lay eyes on you, baby. But what are they doing? They're reading they're your really energy. Feeling you. Exactly. And exactly. they're checking in like, do, 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 Yo, do, do. they check, they do a scan, right? All right. We're going to talk after, you know, mm -hmm. get you a plate. We're going to talk sugar. <laughs> um, but that yeah. energy, yeah. you know, 
there's a when you're in that circular space there's an energy in the cipher that's mm -hmm. cultivated and I miss that mm -hmm. and try my best to to recreate it in the ways that I can so thank you thank you Mama Kenny Moon for joining us and everyone who tuned in for this particular episode thank you and I look forward to speaking with you all soon thank Peace. you all